Blog Talk Radio. Here's Galchenia, Cantonier scores! And now it's Gallagher. Gallagher stepping in and shoots, scores! Alex Galchenia up with a drop, look at it, he's in the line, waiting, scores! This is the Habs 360 Podcast, featured on allhabs.net with your host, Chris G. All right, hi everybody, welcome to episode 181 of the Habs 360 Podcast. My name is Chris G on uh, Twitter, and it is Saturday, October 8th, 2016. So hope uh, you're having a good Saturday. Hockey season is um, is about to get underway in seven days. No, actually, it's from Thursday. Thursday night is game number one for the Canadians as they'll be facing the uh, Buffalo Sabres in, uh, in Buffalo. Montreal Canadiens in the preseason, they finished with a record of 4-1-2. and two. And so that's a pretty good record. And, well, that included a 6-1 win over the Toronto Maple Leafs. And that was a game where the Montreal Canadiens pretty much had a, a full NHL roster. So that's good news. Canadians just dominated the Toronto Maple Leafs. But I guess on the other hand, it's the Maple Leafs. Should we take it easy on them because it's preseason? We probably should, but we're not. Very easy win for the Montreal Canadiens on Thursday night. Coming up in today's episode, we're going to talk about a couple of youngsters that got cut and their future in the NHL. And there's still a couple of youngsters that are still remaining with the team. And, well, we're going to discuss what's their future. Will it be here with the Montreal Canadiens or uh, will they be going down to uh, the St. John's Ice Caps? Also, EA Sports had their annual simulation this week. And, well, in the NHL 2017 simulation, the EA Sports had a final of between the Montreal Canadiens and Nashville Predators. And the, the Nashville Predators came on top of the Canadiens. And wouldn't that be something if that was actually uh, the final uh, this year, and especially if uh, the Nashville wins, and imagine P.K. Subban holding the cup and going around the ice at uh, the Bell Centre. So let us know uh, what you think. Do the Canadians have what it takes to make it to the final? That's, that's what the question is. Like, who cares that they're facing Nashville Predators? We want to know, is it realistic that the Canadians can make it all the way to the final? You can let us know via Twitter, at Tab360, and you can also go to as the All Habs Facebook page and leave us your comments there. And also to come in the third segment as well, we're going to have 
It's one of our new features. We spoke about it in our season premiere that this season we'll be having some new features on the Habs 360 podcast. And while one of them debuts in today's episode, which will be, we still haven't figured out the name yet, but let's go with uh, the bad tweet of the week. So you'll get more details on that in uh, today's uh, third segment. I thought he was solid yeah, on the right side. He used to play on the right side. Last year, most of the season, he played on the right side. And um, um, we spent some time uh, trying to teach him how we want him to be uh, aggressive. And uh, I thought tonight yeah, that was his best game. He won the puck. He played with confidence. He got poise. And uh, uh, he, got a, he got a good, really good game. And that is Michel Temi speaking about uh, Sergachev, the young defenseman. And while there was a report that was uh, posted on uh, Friday, by uh, yesterday, by Francois Gagnon from RDS and Renaud Lavoie from TVA Sports, and these are two credible sources. And while they've both gotten information that uh, Sergachev, Michael Sergachev, will begin the season with the Canadians, there's been no talk whether or not he, it will be only for the nine games or less, or will it be for the rest of the season? I think they're just gonna they're gonna start off, see how things go, and make a decision at uh, at that point. And let's be honest, when it comes to the nine or ten game mark, that actually has an impact. What is it? I think it's seven or eight years from now. Will Bergevin still be a general manager of the Canadian seven to eight years? The odds are he probably won't. And same thing for Michel Therrien. Will he be the coach of the Canadians in the seven to eight years? No, probably not. So I don't think they really care about that. But there's another uh, another milestone, which is the 41-game mark, where at that point, if he plays more, then he becomes eligible uh, f- to become, I think it's an unrestricted free agent, a year earlier. Uh, so, so the Canadians have to be cautious. I gotta be honest that I'm surprised that uh, Sergeyev uh, will begin the season with the Montreal Canadiens. Don't get me wrong; he did have a, a very good camp. It's well deserved. He he's been playing great. Uh, he's gotten hit a couple of times in a game against the Boston Bruins in uh, Quebec City, where if, uh, if I remember correctly, it was uh, Hayes from the Bruins that uh, that hit him solid. Behind behind the Canadians' own net, and he's gotten hit a couple of times, but overall he's been great. And I think the fact that Jeff Petrie, who's injured, he's going to get reevaluated on Monday in a couple of days, so we'll know the extent of his injury at that time. But I think the Jeff Petrie injury certainly did help. It does help um, Sergeyev's chances of uh, of staying with the team for nine games or or longer. When Petrie comes back, there's going to be another decision that the Canadians will have to make at uh, at that point. Because then the Canadians will they're going to go back to eight defensemen. Canadians already made a one decision this week when it comes to the defensemen. And if you look at it right now, the eight defensemen stand to be 
Nathan Bollier, and uh, Shea Weber, Markov, Petrie, Emlin, Sergachev, Redmond, and uh, Craig Patteron. You don't want to keep Sergachev with the team if you're going to have him as your number seven or your number eight uh, defenseman. Because if you're going to have him not playing, and that's the same thing for like a Craig Patteron or a um, or a Redmond. Okay. Patteron and Redmond, if the, if the Canadians want to send them down to the ice caps, they both have to clear uh, waivers. So there's a good chance that if these guys go through waivers, they're going to get picked up. Sergeyev, if the Canadians want to send them down, he has to go back down to his uh, to his junior team. And which might be good because he'll be playing a lot more hockey than he'll be playing here with some Montreal Canadiens. And like Rick mentioned last week, his team, uh, the Windsor Spitfires, are in the Memorial Cup. So he's going to get that exposure as well. And who knows, if his team goes on and wins a championship, that's a great experience for the young defenseman. On Thursday, when the Canadians faced the Toronto Maple Leafs, which was pretty close to, uh, as close as you'll get to the regular season lineup, at least to what we've seen uh, during the preseason, Sergeyev was paired with Alexei Emlin. So Sergeyev, as you heard in the clip a, a couple of minutes ago, was playing on, on the right D. And you heard the coach, he said that Sergeyev has played on the right side in his junior career, so he's comfortable playing on that end. Alex Emlin played on uh, on the left side, and we did see during the game, by the way, against the Leafs, that uh, Emlin went and did a big hit on the Leafs player, somebody who uh, who went after uh, Carey Price in the in the crease. And by the way, Carey Price did give him a, a nice hello with a um, a punch in the back of the of the helmet. When he looks at defensive pairing, so is is Alexi Emelin the um, the best de- defenseman that the Canadians can give to Sergeyev? Is he the best guy for uh, to be the role model, the guy to show the ropes to Sergeyev? Not for me. I would say the there'd be two defensemen, okay, three defensemen that could be good role models for Sergeyev. Obviously, it would be Shea Weber, but Shea Weber. It looks like he's going to have uh, Nathan Bollier under his wing. Another option would be Jeff Petrie. Obviously, Petrie's injured for now. I won't know if he'll be there in game number one. But I think Petrie is, is a good veteran defenseman. That could be a good example for Sergeyev. But my choice, it would have to be Andrei Markov to be Sergeyev's uh, defensive partner. But what does that mean? If with a healthy Petrie, you're gonna have Bolyan and Weber as your number one pairing, and then you're gonna have another pairing of Markov Shrigachev, and then Emlin and Jeff Petrie. The, the Canadians said that they want to keep uh, Markov uh, to about a 20-minute like, per game average for this season, so which is a good average for Andre Markov. Um, we're not sure yet if uh, Shrigachev will be ready to handle that kind of workload. Uh, to to start off his his rookie season, the Canadians had to make 
a tough decision when it comes to defensemen because while they had a lot of defensemen in their uh, in their roster and while the decision that they made was that uh, Mark Barbario was placed on waivers on uh, Wednesday he wasn't he cleared waivers and he was sent down to uh, to St. John's on uh, Thursday and I got to tell you I'm a little bit surprised that Mark Barbario did clear the waivers. He didn't have a good camp. Uh, Redmond did outplay him. Redmond did deserve uh, to still be here over Mark Barbario. Craig Patteron, he he's had a good camp as well. Very very solid defenseman. And while we just spoke about Sergeyev, he's had a good camp. But I honestly thought that Sergeyev would get sent down to juniors just to get him some more ice time because well you don't want you don't want Craig Patteron to be the next Jared Tenorti. Tenorti last season didn't play for how long? Until November, December, whatever it was. He had played, I think, like three games before he got traded to Arizona. And well, for Redmond, did the Canadians sign him during the offseason to make him a number eight defenseman? I, I doubt that. So there's still a spot. Uh, Canadian's still in the training camp. The, the game is on Thursday. They still have until Tuesday to uh, submit their final roster. And when we have more details on Jeff Petrie, I think things are going to clear up a little bit more on what's going to happen there on defense. Now it's... Uh... All the preseason games are over, so uh, now we're gonna see if that was like what I showed was enough. And uh, I mean, I know that I gave 100% out there, and uh, I was just gonna see if uh, if uh, that's gonna be good enough. So, looking forward to it. <laughs> now it's uh, all the preseason games are over. Doing a lot of good things, you know. And uh, yesterday I thought he got a good performance. Uh, good for his confidence that he scored that goal. I really like the way that uh, uh, he let that puck go. You know, and um, nice pass from uh, Radulov. But not only about like I said uh, this week, you can't judge player on goals and assists. It's, uh, we, we'd like to judge a player the way that they play. His hockey IQ is right there. He understands the game, and uh, he's like I said, you know, he's skilling plays. He's got speed. He could complete plays. So uh, uh, so far, we uh, we we really like what he could bring to the soccer team. So we heard there uh, Arturi Lekkonen's goal against the Toronto Maple Leafs, and then he gave us his uh, comments on his training camp so far. And we also heard uh, Michel Therrien's comments on Arturi Lekkonen. And joining me now on the line, editor in chief and owner of the All Happening Network of Sites, Rick. How are you doing? Doing well, Chris. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. Glad to have you. And Rick, when it comes to our Terry Lekonen, uh, he had a couple of goals this week. Uh, we just heard uh, a wrister that he put uh, that he scored against the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, earlier, uh, just a couple of days ago. But we spoke about him last week. But this week, he looked even more comfortable playing in the NHL uh, in the NHL game. Yeah, I, I think so. He's 
Um, you know, I, I was quite enthusiastic about him last week, even though um, he hadn't uh, scored at that point. I mean, but his, from his first game, the first game, um, it was against the Devils. He had uh, nine shots on goal. Uh, he had four hits in that game. He was engaged. He was he looked to me like an NHL player. Um, but 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 yeah, there was, uh, you know, the, the chemistry, uh, particularly with uh, Thomas Pocanitz and. Um, but as the week went on, uh, as you say, he seemed to get much more comfortable. Um, still, there were some, you know, um, questions about whether he could finish. Um, uh, he had a couple of goalposts, crossbars, uh, that sort of thing. Um, but uh, I think that all faded away once uh, once he found the back of the net. For me, I, you know, I was I was watching how he was playing without the puck and and. Uh, he was in the right place. He was going to the right areas. He, he wasn't afraid to get his nose dirty. He was, um, you know, fighting for the puck, winning his battles. And, um, I, I'm, you know, I, as I said, I was impressed, um, uh, when we spoke about him last week, even more so, uh, this week, he's, he's ready for NHL, the NHL. And, uh, last week we spoke about whether or not he'd be an, um, a better fit on the top six, forwards than uh, than Andrew Shaw, which, which is the player that the coach Terry had identified. I think this week he uh, solidified that he's going to start in the top six, and that was also a report that was um, uh, that was published yesterday by the Nola Voix from Tevez Paul. So he's I consider him a credible source, bad English uh, speller, but very I think he's a credible source when it comes to these kind of things. Selecting also expecting him to start, and I'm also expecting him to start on that uh, second line with uh, Plekanets and um, and Radulov. Yeah, the, the nice chemistry with Radulov. Yeah, he's a big presence, obviously. Uh, you know, with the goal and that big hit, everybody realizes, I think, now what he's all about. Um, he's a big presence on the ice, and he's an even bigger presence in here in this locker room. You know what? He, he, that was his first game, and uh, it's almost like a crash course for him because, you know, we uh, we had a certain way that we wanted to play the game, and uh, but... You could just felt his presence on the ice. He's doing the right play at the right time. He's doing the percentage play at the right time. And uh, uh, that's leadership. As far All right, sorry for cutting you off, Rick. We'll, we'll get back to that uh, later on in today's episode. Uh, we heard uh, Shea Weber. He scored a goal. And we heard about what the coach and uh, Carey Price had to say. And on Thursday night, it was his first game in the Montreal Canadiens uniform, and it was a game at the Bell Centre, and he got a nice big ovation from the Montreal Canadiens fans who were in attendance, and he responded with a good game. He scored a goal. He, he had a big hit in the, the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, blue line, and Rick, he was also solid on, uh, on defense. Yeah, it was, it was a great game for him. Um, you know, uh, uh, Coach Terrian mentioned... Uh, how uh, it was nice to see the fans welcome him. Um, I, I guess there was some question about how he would be received, um, given the emotional breakup with with uh, with Subban, uh, as it was, um, and and uh, the Bell the Bell Center fans welcomed him. I also thought it was um, Arturi Lekkinen, 
uh, was asked about Shea Weber and he, his quote, I don't have the exact one in front of me, but it was something to the effect of he was um, a man playing amongst kids. Um, he didn't quite have the, you know, the analogy there, but, um, yeah. but it was, I, I thought it was, it was, um, it, it, it was, you know, a player like that who maybe hasn't seen Shea Weber play before, give a really good description of, of Shea Weber's presence out there um, and how he can um, control the game and bring a um, solidify the uh, the defense. And he should have asked Coach Terry. Terry, remember him from Pittsburgh Men versus Boys? Is the famous uh, part of his right. rant that he did uh, years ago. And I, you brought up Subban, so I just want a little side note here on the PK Subban. We heard the comments that, that I played earlier from Coach Terry, and then right away was picked up by uh, either social media and either reg- the, the traditional media about that. What was Canadians, was he taking a shot back to PK Subban based on the comments that came out earlier in the day that Subban said in August for a Sports Illustrated uh, article? I've been on record saying that, you know, I wasn't crazy about the uh, P.K. Subban for Shea Weber trade, but Rick, I think we all need to move on and, you know, forget about P.K. when it comes to hockey and focus on uh, on Shea Weber and the players the Canadians have. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, It seems that, um, you know, everybody said the appropriate politically correct things at at the time of the trade. Uh, Some of of PK's bitterness, I, I I think you would describe it as bitterness. Uh, came out this week saying it wasn't a hockey trade. That's that's kind of a you know a shot at PK's ego kind of thing. Uh, he was saying it was more of a personality trade. You can argue back and forth about that. I I think uh, as you said, it's better just to uh, to move on. And um, you know the bottom line is uh, Coach Terrian said that Shea Weber plays the right way. Um, you know, interpret that as you will, but he, he plays he plays the style that that Tarion likes, and that fits into the Canadian system. Yeah, I feel pretty good. Um, you know, I've been skating for quite a while. I've been skating for two months, so um, feel like I'm prepared well well enough for the season to start, and just want to get the season going now. The so there's Carey Price following the game against the Maple Leafs. He's ready for the season, and we're ready to see him. In uh, the regular season as well, had a great game for his first game back against the Toronto Maple Leafs. But hey, he did face the Leafs, but he still looked good in that one. And another goaltending news, probably not a surprise to uh, anybody who listens to the Habs 360 podcast. It was reported earlier this week by uh, Eric Engels. He did that on uh, Wednesday that he's heard that some Western Conference teams have called asking for uh, Michael Condon. So no, no surprise. We don't see a future for uh, Condon in, um, in the Canadian organization. And Rick, I, you've probably been following the Ice Caps more than I have, if I'm not mistaken. The Ice Caps played a couple of games, and is it possible that Condon wasn't even uh, in goal in those games? Uh, no. Well, he's um, he's still part of the the, the Canadians are are carrying three goal oh. goalies at this point. You're um, right. So. At at this point, it's just uh, Lindgren and uh, Fukali, and they split uh, the first game on um, 
on Thursday night. Last night, uh, Bukali had the net all to himself, and I expect that uh, Lindgren will get the, the goal tomorrow in the third game of the uh, Coleman Cup Series against the Marlies. You know what they say, not in sight, not in mind. So that's what I thought of uh, yeah, that's right. Michael, <laughs> Michael Condon. All right, we're going to take our first break. On the other side, we're going to talk about a couple of young players in the Canadians organization and their future with the team. This is the Habs 360 podcast feature on allhabs.net. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. Hi. I'm Chris G. The Habs 360 podcast and Anthony from r2canvas.com are pleased to announce the return of the Habs contest this season. The contest will run during every Habs home game in the regular season and will give you the opportunity to win a great prize courtesy of r2canvas.com. Listen to the Habs 360 podcast and follow Habs 360 and Habs Happy on Twitter for more details. And for high-quality canvas art at a reasonable price, visit r2canvas.com. Good luck. Don't live close to Montreal? Ever feel like you're the only Habs fan in town? Chances are good that there are plenty of fellow fans just around the corner. And HabsTweetUp.com will help you find them. If you're interested in hosting a hockey party in your city, visit HabsTweetUp.com for more details. You'll be connected to other Habs fans near you in no time. Habs360 is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net. To Mitchell. Through the middle for McCarron. One-on-one with Morgan Ryan. McCarron shoots scores! And welcome back to episode 181 of the Habits 360 podcast for this uh, Saturday, October 8, 2016. My name is Chris G. along with uh, Rick Stevens from uh, allhabs.net. And there we heard Michael McCarron. He scored through the five-hole on a Thursday night against the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. And I said the same thing about Chris Cuthbert last week, but boys, was it fun to hear uh, Gordon Miller call a game, a Montreal Canadiens game on... Um, on TSN, and by the way, uh, a shout out to uh, Peter G, musical director of uh, the Habs 360 podcast, uh, providing the, uh, the the intro songs as we head back uh, from the break. So, Rick, there's still uh, Michael McCarron is still with the Montreal Canadiens. 
he's the reports that we've gotten at least has been for Lekkonen when it comes to forwards that he's going to start with Montreal. Michael McCarron, he's still in there. He's he had a good game against the uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. How do you see him? Do you see him sticking around? And if he does, where does he fit in in the starting roster? Uh, just uh, I'll I'll answer your question, but uh, I want to also support that it was good to hear Gord Miller. But did you notice that he called Sergachev Sergachev throughout the game? I did actually. I I was reading something about that on Twitter this mor- the, this morning. Yeah. Um, which may may be the proper way of doing it, but I, we've we've made it so, you know, American or Canadianized. Um, any, anyway, I just thought it was interesting in the broadcast. Um, as far as McCarron, I I thought he's looked pretty good. Uh, you know, we talked about um, how he's uh, his speed is. You know, he's dropped some some weight. His speed is up. Um, he's he's um, more present in the defensive zone. Uh, he's looked good at both ends. He's uh, he had a nice goal, the the shot that he used um, Riley as a screen uh, against Toronto. Um, he had a, a goal was that against Ottawa where he drove to the net. Um, and um, I I, th- I th- think he's looked very good. He's he's just in a in a, a numbers game where he belongs, where he truly belongs is as the third line center. Um, and you can imagine, um, you know, a, a center, Mike McCarron, uh, Daniel Carr, uh, Andrew Shaw, that, that, you know, those guys are gonna, that, that's a, that's a bulldog kind of line. Right. Um, but he's not going to get there as long as David Darnay's in the lineup. So that drops McCarron to the fourth line while then he's in with, you know, a whole mess of, of, um, players, um, and so the, the, you know, to get him in the lineup, Tarion will put him on the wing, and he's just not, he's, he can play the wing, he's just not as effective on the wing, I find. Uh, and seeing him um, last season, the conversion to center that he made um, really, I think, helped his game. Um, so I think it's a coin toss right now whether, whether McCarron's, um, in the lineup come opening day. And it probably has something to do with the Canadians injury situation. Yeah, I would, I think it would be the only way, like I agree with you that the only way that with this current roster that he would make the team is because of injury. And, uh, and I'm, and I'm with you when it comes to that. I don't think he, I think he deserves to be with the Canadians and he just ha- he should have a spot with the roster but it's easy. He has a two-way contract. He's easy to get sent down. But I think he's definitely going to finish the season. But unless there's an injury, there's no way he could make it. And if you're going to keep him here, if they're going to put him on the fourth line, is it worth keeping him here? But I don't think yeah. so. Yeah, no, it's, that's absolutely right. So I was in Quebec City on a Tuesday night. Daniel Carr, what a goal. One-man show over there. I think he was even surprised uh, that he managed to pull those kind of moves and uh, and score on uh, on that play. But that third line, Rick, uh, Andrew Shaw, we saw he scored a pair of goals. 
against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Carr has been playing good. I think that third line, including our friend David Dernay, uh, it's looked pretty decent. Yeah, David, uh, Daniel Carr was uh, the last three games. I, I know there were some questions about him early in the training camp, but the last three games uh, that he played, he was, I think he was a star in two, two of the three games. Um, and that, that goal that, that they scored, uh, you know, Carr knocked down the, the clearing pass. Um, Mike McCarron made a really clever um, backhand feed um, back to Carr and, and Carr's move and everything. That was a spectacular goal. Um, Carr is, yeah, has solidified uh, his game and, and maybe at the expense of um, Andrew Ghetto to some extent. Um, and um, yeah, it, you know, that third line looked looked pretty good. Um with uh, David Darnay setting up uh, Shaw and Shaw said, you know, he's never been on a team or on a line before uh, where somebody wants him to have the puck. So um, I thought thought that that was a quote of the preseason. Um, So uh, yeah, they're looking pretty good. Um, You know, David Darnay started out pretty well with uh, Fleischman um, and uh, and was it Weiss last year, last season? Yeah. Um, yeah, that, the, as a third line, that that looked good too. So we'll see if if you know that that combination sticks together and and if they're able to be as effective uh, once the regular st- season starts. And that really leaves out Sven Andrigetto. He played on Thursday night on the first line with Galchenyuk and Gallagher, but that was because Max Pacioretty uh, was out with a um, with a virus. So it's not looking good for Sven Andrigetto. Even what we saw him in uh, earlier in the camp, we've seen him either play on the fourth line with like a Mitchell or Dano, and uh, with McCarron and Flynn. So he, it doesn't seem like he'll be starting the season of, uh, with the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, I, I don't know if um, I don't know if the Canadians are, are would risk losing him. Um, it's 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 tough. I like Andrew Ghetto. I really like his work ethic. He's got great hands. He's one of the speediest team uh, players on the, on the team. Um, I, and just in, in pure acceleration. Um, but, you know, uh, with, he needs to play in a, in an offensive role and with the addition of Lekkonen and, and Radulov is, is there a place for him without injuries? Um, and, no. um, no, there there isn't, and and that's that's unfortunate. And if the Canadians have to send him back, he'll have to go through the waivers, and that only leaves out Rick. If they want to keep him, it would leave like somebody like who the Canadians still have to make room. They would have to make a decision. So would it be like somebody like it won't be Dano? Dano's going to stay with the Canadians. Uh, it's not going to be Mitchell. Are you looking at maybe like a Brian Flynn? And it's going to be Paul Byron. Paul Byron has had an amazing <laughs> preseason. So uh, to me, it looks like it's either Andrew Ghetto or it's uh, Brian Flynn. So I don't know. I don't know what way the Canadians are going to go on that one. Yeah, I I think you're right. And and again, it's um, you know it it it's going to be an injury if if um, well uh, um, Byron is is pneumonia. Flynn is is the the neck injury. So. Neck. What's that? No, nothing. Go ahead. Uh, and and so um, 
so that's that's the only way that he might be um, uh, kept. I I expect, especially if they're um, they're going to go with an extra defenseman. And I think one thing that we could that we could keep in mind is uh, in the first segment I spoke about that the Canadians have a lot of defensemen on their uh, roster. Uh, we spoke about uh, Michael Condon. He's an extra goalie that Canadians have. And what we're talking about here, maybe an extra forward. Maybe the Canadians are done. Maybe may, there might be a trade coming up for the Canadians in the near future before the deadline. And maybe they'll make the decision simpler for uh, for everybody on what happens next. Uh, a couple of other players, Rick, that I want to talk about is players that got the cut from the Canadians uh, earlier in this week. So we could just go through them uh, one at a time. Uh, let's start with uh, Jacob uh, De La Rose. De La Rose in 2014-2015, he played 33 games for Montreal Canadiens, and plus 12 games in, in the postseason. Michel Tanner loved him, putting him on big defensive um, responsibilities on the, on the third line. But since then, it seems like we haven't seen De La Rose. Last year, he played 34 games with the Ice Caps, got 14 points in, in that span, and he played 22 games for Montreal Canadiens in 2015-2016 and got one assist in that one. How do you, what do you see in his future for Jacob De La Rose? Is it with the Montreal Canadiens? I like um, I like Jacob De La Rose. He's he's uh, you know he's got size. He's got um, uh, he's really smart. He's good uh, defensive player. Um, I don't I don't know that you know the knock on him. Uh, you mentioned his uh, offensive stats. Uh, that's the knock on him is 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 his offense. But he's not been put in a role. Um, uh, to to develop his offense, uh, really, you know, you look at um, he was he was good in that game against uh, the fourth game against uh, fourth preseason game against Ottawa, but he was on a he was the fourth line center for uh, Sherback and uh, uh, Bobby Farnham, um, Mitchell, um, McCarron, and Flynn were the, the centers above him. In a in a preseason game, why not why not give him a second line role and give him some decent wiggers and see what can happen? He played well in that game, but then the next game was in Toronto and um, he was on the third line with um, uh, Sherback and Matto. Um, and and you look at that. David Darnay was playing. Um, David Darnay had seventy one. It was over seventy percent offensive zone starts. Um, Jakob De La Rose had 16% offensive zone starts. So when you're when you're in your own end, you're starting in your own end. You the kind of wingers that you have, the kind of uh, co- competition that you have, you're not gonna you're not gonna be racking up the points. And even when last season, when they when Bergevin said, okay, we'll send Jakob De La Rose to um, to St. John's to to uh, work on his offense, again he was he was penalty killer he was he was in a defensive role he uh, until there started to be call-ups he wasn't put in an offensive role he wasn't receiving power play time he wasn't up on the second line so um i think i think a lot of it is you know you 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 get what you what you put into it and and in the case of de la rose 
they've they've molded him and made him what he is um, and what he's giving them. And uh, unfortunately, that's with the you know uh, Deno and 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 the rest rest of the player. He he becomes a he becomes an extra body because they already have one of those, so to speak. Uh, and then I agree. I don't think that uh, the Canadians are showing any interest in uh, Jacob uh, De La Rose in the future with uh, with the team. And another forward is uh, Charles Ludon. He's he's played uh, three seasons. He's setting to begin his fourth season in the American Hockey League with the uh, the St. John's Ice Caps. And one thing I don't understand about this, Rick, when it comes to uh, Udon, he's had success when he's played in the uh, in the AHL. Sorry, it's his third season that he's that he's playing. In his first season with the Hamilton Bulldogs, in 75 games, scored 19 goals. Last season, in 67 games with the Ice Caps, he scored another 28. So that's uh, quick math here. Uh, 47 goals in two seasons. With the Canadians, he's played three games. He played three games last year, and he got a pair of assists. And then if you look at training camp uh, this year, didn't get much opportunity with uh, in the preseason. He was playing with players like Dernay and uh, Carr and Sven Andrigetto. So he hasn't he hasn't put into a position, at least he wasn't put in a position to uh, to succeed. And well, 22-year-old player in Hamilton, he's had success, sorry, in St. John's. I'm not sure. I don't think the Canadians like Charles Don either. Well, um, yeah, and it's really confusing um, because Charles Houdon has got tons of skill. Uh, he can be a game-breaker. He's dynamite on the power play. Um, uh, it can be confusing for Canadians fans unless you're watching the Ice Caps games. And he comes and goes. Um, he's, he's um, you know, is it work ethic? Is it, I don't know. If, if to answer the question, uh, you know, I asked somebody in, in a position of authority, let's say, in, in, um, in St. John's, and they said, uh, yeah, uh, very talented, but marches to the beat of his own drum, uh, which means he's not very coachable. Um, and and that's that's the knock on on Houdon. Um, and as you can expect, that wouldn't go over well with um, Michelle Terrian. Um, so, is it a motivation problem? Is it a you know focus issue? Um, is it just that he's one of those uh, peculiar players that you need the right match in in? Uh, with the right coach to to uh, and the right line mates and the right situation to get him going, I, I don't know. Uh, it's it's unfortunate because there's tons of talent there. Uh, and then finally, there's a Canadian's twenty uh, first round pick from the 2014 entry draft, Nikita Sherback, and he he had he was out for most a good chunk of the last season due to injury, but even at training camp Rick this year, I didn't see anything from him. Uh, to say that you no, know, may have caught the Canadians' eye to even consider keeping him. I thought he had a very disappointing uh, training camp with the Canadians this year. And, well, he certainly wasn't put in any situation to to show his his skill. Um, I, he's another one that I don't think that uh, Michelle Terrian likes very much. 
Um, I thought it was odd that, that after one game, Tarion just ripped into him, which is, I mean, in a, in a, a prospect in a, in an exhibition game. I, I, I thought that was odd. Um, and Sherback is, Sherback is the most skilled player in St. John's uh, by far, by far. Um, but I think it's with him, it's not so much um, the motivation. You just got to get used to watching him. Um, the way he, it's, it's his skating style. It looks like he's coasting out there. It looks like he's not working very hard, but, but it's just the way he, way he, he skates and he can, he can just turn it on a dime. He's the only one that, that can carry the puck and have really nice clean uh, zone entries um, and uh, you know, shot. The goal that he scored, that highlight reel goal that he scored in London uh, was played and played and played that he drove to the net. Um, again, I, it's, it's more of a, I think it's understanding him and, and finding the right, the right triggers to, to get him going and putting him in the right situation. Um, and I don't think that uh, there's a good match there between Sherback and, and Tarion. Yeah. And one thing that um, it, it's uh, something that we've seen a trend for the Canadians over the years. If you look at Nikita Sherback, if let's say he goes on, he doesn't have a future with the Canadians. He's a first round pick. Look at the Jacob De La Rose. If he goes on and not having a future with the Montreal Canadiens, it's a second-round draft pick. So these are, uh, at least in the first and second round, Canadiens have to have a better batting average when it comes to making them NHL players. And here's two of them that potentially, again, can go out of the organization with barely have played in, uh, in the NHL. So I find that really unfortunate, and I think it really brings up a problem uh, with, uh, with the Canadiens' uh, organization. Uh, so th- you could let us know via Twitter. What are your thoughts? Do you guys think that uh, De La Rose, uh, Udon, Sherback, do they have future with the Montreal Canadiens? You can let us know via Twitter at Tabs360. And coming up also on af- after the break, what does uh, EA Sports had the Montreal Canadiens make it to the Stanley Cup final? Do you think they could? If not, wh- what would it take? What is missing for the Montreal Canadiens to make it there? Plus, our newest feature that I spoke about at the beginning of, of uh, today's episode are, at least for now, it's called our Very Bad Tweet of the Week, I guess. It could be a way to call it. Uh, you can let us know your comments or anything Montreal Canadiens related via telephone at one 4945 via Twitter at Habs360. And you can also visit the uh, All Habs Facebook page. This is the Habs 360 podcast featuring allhabs.net. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us for further details and information regarding this unique marketing opportunity. If you missed a recent episode of the Habs 360 podcast, visit the podcast page on allhabs.net 
or search Habs360 on iTunes for our archives. Want to make sure you never miss another episode? Subscribe to Habs360 on iTunes and all new episodes will automatically download for you. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. We are specifically interested in individuals who have education and or experience in the following areas, sports writing, translation, editing, forum administration, social media administration, multimedia, graphic design, web development and user support, event planning, and sponsorship and marketing. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net. All right, it's episode 181 of the Habs 360 podcast for this Saturday, October 8, 2016. My name is Chris G. You can follow me on Twitter at ChrisG1980. And uh, with me is uh, Rick Stevens, editor-in-chief and owner of the All Habs Network of Sites. You can follow him on Twitter at all Habs, and there's plenty of other social media. Just search All Habs on every social media site, and you'll be able to find uh, All Habs uh, on there. So just a, a little bit of a context. Uh, earlier this week, EA Sports, they do their annual simulation on uh, the NHL game, so NHL 17 in this particular situation. And, well, what did EA Sports come up with? A Stanley Cup final between the Montreal Canadiens and the Nashville Predators, and the result being that Nashville Predators would win the Cup in uh, six games. So that potentially could mean that PK Subban would be skating at the Bell Center, raising the Stanley Cup in his arms and uh, skating around the rink. And Rick, wouldn't that be quite something if that actually happened? Do you buy that? I mean, do you buy that it was a simulation? Did somebody have, you know, did they, did they, they, they steer it that way somehow? Just to, <laughs> it got tons of headlines. They got tons of press out of it. But I just thought, uh, I don't, I don't know if I believe that they ran, you know, the simulation and and ended up with the Canadian after such a blockbuster buster trade that the Canadians and the Preds in, in the Stanley cup, but uh, yeah. And, and that the, the Preds would, would beat uh, the Habs um, four two. but it's, but it's I, I guess, I guess the, the, you know, the silver lining is um, it has the Canadians making it to the, the Stanley cup final for the first time since uh, 1993, which, which says that, um, and, and they, they finished, I think uh, second to the lightning something like that in the Eastern conference. But um, I don't know that, that, that kind of speaks to the fact that the Canadians are, are set up for a pretty good season. But can you, can you imagine like how, how would 
the Montreal Canadiens fan base be if P.K. Subban raised the Stanley Cup at the Bell Center? <laughs> no, I can't. Um, <laughs> I, no, I, I just can't. I mean, there'd be a lot of I told you so, I guess, um, being being bandied about. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what would happen. Hopefully they would... They would feel happy for PK, I guess. I don't. I don't know. Oh no, I, I'm sure the fan base would be happy for PK Subban, but I think then you hear the uh, fire Brejevin, uh fire Michel Terrier, or like yeah. our buddy, or buddy Tony would say, fire Jeff Molson. Yeah, wouldn't that wouldn't that be funny though to to make it to the to the Stanley Cup final and and have the the outrage of the, the the majority of the fan base demanding that the coach and GM be fired. That that would be <laughs> unprecedented. You're right. Actually you're definitely right about that. Uh so so we decided to take uh, that subject that uh, I guess marketing that was done by EA Sports and asked the question, do you think the Canadians have what it takes to make it to the Stanley Cup final this season? And Let's make this exercise a little bit easier. Let's assume that everybody's healthy, like there's no carry price injury, and Canadian's roster looks what it looks like um, absolutely today. Um, I think the Canadians, with his current roster to make the Stanley Cup final, they would have to be really lucky, and a lot of things have to go their way. Carry Price has to have a season at least as good as a couple of years ago when he when he cleared all the trophies. And Radulov will have to score like 30, 35 goals, if not more, 40. We'll have to get 40 goals from Pacioretty. We'll have to get 35, 40 goals from uh, Galchenyuk and maybe even 20 goals from, or 25 goals from uh, Arturi Lekkonen on the second line. And while we might need David Diagne to score 30 goals as well for the Canadians <laughs> to make it to the Stanley Cup final. And who knows, maybe Shea Weber has to score 30 goals himself to make it. But in all seriousness, I think the Canadians, they're, with their current roster, I don't think they're, it's a roster that can make it to the Stanley Cup final. I think they still need to get to make it there, maybe on the second line. It all depends on how Radulov does as well. If he goes on a 30-goal, 40-goal, he's fine. But uh, Lekonen is he right now, this season, a number two uh, left winger on a Stanley Cup championship team? Probably not. Like we mentioned earlier, I feel bad because we always pick on him. Is David Dernay a number three center on the Stanley Cup winning team? Probably not. And so I think there's still some missing there up front. And on defense, I think if we need a more mature, a more mature on the ice, I should say, by Nathan Boyer, we need to see him uh, play better on both ends of the ice to make it there. And while we need an Andre Markov who could play a good solid um 25 minutes up front. Rick, based on your, uh, I guess, response to uh, to um, that announcement, I'm guessing that you don't think that the Canadians are ready as of now to uh, make it to the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, I'm not. Um, I mean, they had a, a terrific preseason. They lost uh, just one game in, in uh, regulation, 4-1-2. and two. Um, and People seem to say that that you throw all the preseason out the window. It's not quite that easy. There is a, a weak correlation between how you do in the, in the preseason, not, not a direct one, a weak one. Um, so um, I, I think they're set up for a good season. The, 
EA Sports Simulation has Carey Price uh, winning the Vezina Trophy, so they're factoring that into it as well, that, that yes, he has to uh, replicate some of what he did um, two seasons ago. Um, for me, the you know I, I agree with uh, with what you said certainly about the the third line and um, for me the real question mark is is the defense. Uh, you know there was a lot lots of experimentation happening and and we don't know how that's all going to shake out yet. Uh, there's there's for me there's a lack of stability uh, on defense. Um, is Markov going to be paired with Weber on the on the first pairing, it doesn't seem so. Is that going to force Petrie playing his wrong side? Um, Sergachev is is he really going to stay uh, the entire season? And is he going to play on on his wrong side? Although he did uh, did a lot of that in junior. Um, uh, you mentioned uh, uh, Nathan Beaulieu. Uh, um, he's you know, I don't. I don't think he's ready. He's 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 a player who has uh, the the physical skills, but um, does he have the hockey IQ to, to to be on the first pairing? I don't think so. Um, if you heard Corey on the Habs Banter podcast, he really doesn't think so. Um, so I think there's there's a lot of question marks, and that what it comes down to is is. Once the team faces adversity, whether it's whether it's injury, whether it's whatever it is, do they have the coach in place that will be able to handle adversity? Will be able to to um, make changes? To, and and we saw last year that that the wheels just came off um, when when um, Tarion lost control in December. Um, so. I think there's, there's, uh, you know, as you said, pieces have to fall into place and, and, um, but with, with the margins of victory being so, so narrow um, in the NHL, do they have enough in their favor um, to, to make it to the final? I'm, I don't know. They, they certainly have enough to do well, to make the playoffs, to, uh, to, to make a, a, a strong playoff run, but to get to the finals, uh, I'm not convinced. Not not as they're set up right now. Uh, Blaine, staff writer from allhabs.net and a friend of the show, he writes uh, on Twitter, to make it to Stanley Cup final, Bollier uh, needs to step up. Uh, Lekonen needs to be a second liner, and there needs to be a better power play and a healthy carry price. So thank you very much uh, for the tweet, uh, Blaine. Uh, we spoke in the last segment about the youngsters, De La Rose, Udon, Sherback. Uh, we threw it out there. What do, you, do you guys think that they'll have a future with the Montreal Canadiens? So we got uh, some responses on uh, that as well. First one comes from uh, CJ Castleman. He writes, De La Rose, yes. Wouldn't be shocked if the other two become trade bait at deadline. Nikita Sherback, probably the most disappointing prospect in camp. Thank you for the tweet. Uh, next one comes from Sheldon. Sheldon writes, can't figure why the Habs turned off on on uh, Charles Ludon. And that's quite the interesting question because we can't figure it out either. Two points in uh, three games last year, and, well, he scored uh, a, couple of, a couple of goals in the AHL. But actually, I said we don't know either, but uh, go back to the second segment, and Rick told you what uh, his opinion is on why they've given up on him. 
Mike Barrett, he writes, Udon Sherbach should have a future with the Canadians. De La Rose could be traded if another team is willing to take a chance on him, maybe as incentive in dollar trades. So thank you for the tweet. Next one comes from Dylan Sharp from Newfoundland. Dylan writes, personally, I think they all do. For some reason, they don't seem to like Udon. Sherbach has a skill, but doesn't have enough compete. Him, he doesn't work hard, it seems, and is not hard on the pucks in uh, in battles. So he doesn't seem impressed by Sherbach, but he thinks they all have a future with the Canadians. So that's not a good sign. Thank you for uh, for the tweet. And last one comes from Nino in Laval. He writes, I think for sure De La Rose, no. So Rick even seems from our, at least from our Twitter followers, they don't seem to be optimistic overall on uh, those three guys we, we spoke about. Yeah, that's true. Um, I I think, well, I, and I think it's how the the prospects have been presented uh, in the exhibition. It, our, our our fans might have a, a, a bit better uh, or a different opinion if um, if they were seeing the the AHL games, uh, the Ice Caps games. I should mention that um, um, our Ice Caps hockey report uh, we've we've changed it a bit and we've become a, a bit broader. It's now AHL report, and you can find it online AHL dot report AHL dot report. Um, and uh, you'll see uh, game recaps from uh, the last, the, well, the two uh, exhibition games that the Ice Caps have played so far against the Marlies. But I think it's it's helpful if 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 you you follow our coverage, uh, particularly uh, the lead contributor Amy John, uh, Johnson. She's um, you know she's always tweeting, and and from the uh, the AHL report, uh, the AHL report on Twitter. Um, you'll get a, a better sense of, of the prospects and, and maybe it, it will help answer why some of these um, uh, prospects aren't progressing as we expect them to. So thank you very much everybody for, uh, for interacting with us on uh, Twitter and our different social media platforms. But, I wouldn't call it breaking news, but there was a trade a couple of minutes before we go on the air in today's episode. The Montreal Canadiens traded uh, Tim Bozon to the Florida Panthers in return for defenseman Jonathan Racine, who will report to uh, the AHL at uh, the St. John uh, Ice Caps. And just some stats that were tweeted out um, by Arpin Basu from NHL.com. He writes that he's a Montreal native. Six foot two, 202 pounds, lefty shot, and 18 fights in the past three AHL seasons. So, I guess quite the baggage that uh, that comes with him. But we haven't really seen Tim Bozon, at least not with a big club. Where he was all remembered for a battle that he had to uh, with some health issues that he had, and he battled with uh, a couple of a couple of years ago. Rick. Thank you very much. And next week we'll be talking regular season game, Canadians Sabres. Are you excited? I am excited. Uh, sorry, do we have time for our new segment? Oh, absolutely. Forgot about that. Go ahead. <laughs> it's, 
well, like I said in the, at the beginning of the of the, uh, of the episode, it's uh, we still haven't figured out the name, so I guess temporarily for now we'll call it a, a very bad tweet of the week. And and we're not we're not uh, looking to criticize anybody or make fun of anybody, but um, it's just funny. Oh, we're, you we're know, not? Keep, oh maybe we are. Okay. <laughs> no, but 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 uh, let's have some fun with it, and and maybe we can have some suggestions from you on uh, what you've seen as the uh, bad tweet of the week. But it just uh, one came across uh, uh, my my timeline this week, and it was from um, Dan Colantonio, and uh, and you know it it relates back to the the uh, Subban Weber tr- trade and the the emotions and the the emotional bond that that fans still have with, with um, P.K. Subban. And, and it was, well, I'll read his tweet. He says, uh, can I say this? Rats. Weber scored. Part of me was hoping he would never score. Uh, hashtag maybe I'm still bitter. Hashtag miss, miss P.K. Uh, so he was going into the season hoping that Shea Weber would, uh, uh, would ne- not score. Um, I, I, I just thought it was funny. And uh uh, the bad, and we'll nominate that as the bad tweet of the week. <laughs> and like I said earlier, I think it's time that we move on to Fab Science. Like the trade happened, there's nothing we could do about yeah. it. Like, yeah. uh, you know, good luck to PK. Hope you have success. Except not if you win the cup in Montreal, that'd be very bad. And, uh, you know, let's hope the Canadians with uh, Shea Weber on her team for the next 10 years, they, uh, they win the cup number 25, and then we'll all be happy uh, regardless of what happens. Yeah. So, Rick, we're excited for the regular season game against the Buffalo Sabres? Very excited. Ready to go. And we'll be talking about it next week, I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. We'll be talking. The Canadians are playing that one game uh, until our next episode. So, we'll definitely be talking about that as well. And, you know, we'll have an idea. Of, well, we'll know what the final roster will look like. So, we'll be able maybe to make our predictions coming uh, next season for the upcoming season. So thank you to everybody for listening. Thank you for everyone for following us on the Habs 360 on the All Habs. We'll talk next Saturday, 2 p.m. Eastern. My name is Chris G. Tia. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs360 and visit allhabs.net.